Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment, what I call Anchor Coaching, We'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that. And we'll also be talking about just some fun things like staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. Welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, and today I am so excited to have my virtual friend, Jody Harris. And Jody and I have actually never met in person, but my cousin Andrea, Jody is a good friend with Andrea, and so we were introduced to each other and have become friends over this last year sharing stories in our hearts and encouraging one another. And so I'm so happy to feature her today on the Soul Anchor podcast. And let me tell you, so welcome, Jody. So glad you're here. Thanks. Thanks, Cynthia. Thanks for having me. Of course. And so let me tell you a little bit about her first, and then we'll dive right in. So Jody is a Bible teacher, speaker, writer, pastor's wife, and boy mom in passionate pursuit of Jesus and living a better story. She encourages, inspires, and equips women to use their gifts and lives fully for God, to live the adventurous story he has imagined for each of us. In 2019, she co-founded Lead Bold, a leadership community of women in ministry who support, encourage, and challenge one another to live fully into who God is calling them to be. Yay! Love that. Love that. So Jody, today we're going to talk about church conflict and betrayal. That is the topic we are going to dive in with you. And so what, first of all, Jody is a pastor's wife. I'm married to a pastor as well. And so we have this affinity toward each other. There's a, a saying, I think Jill Briscoe says, when a room full of pastor's wives get in a room, you don't have to say a whole lot. You just instantly have this connection. And so to start with, what do you wish people knew about pastors and their wives and their families? Um, this may seem obvious, but I still say it. And that's just, we're human um, we, we're, we have feelings. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this, just that there is no, um, sense that we're better or that we have it figured out at all. Um, and, and the reason that I share that is because I think sometimes people, um, in addition to putting us on a pedestal and expect us to behave a certain way, when we don't, um, meet that expectation for them, um, it causes something in them to hurt or even for them yeah. to see God in a different light, like somehow we have let them down or given them a perspective of God that is is not right. And it's 
And so, yes, we are held to a higher standard as leaders, but oftentimes I just want to encourage people that assume the best about your families, yes. your pastor families, that maybe if you felt like they ignored you or, or said something that you, um, they misunderstood, um, assume the best about them that they probably had no idea um, that they said something to do to hurt you or, you know, be able to go back and, and, and talk with them um, and love them and encourage them. I know a lot of times people think maybe we have um, bigger armor (laughs) and things will be said to us that are very painful. And it's still, it's still true that in Proverbs, you know, words um, can kill and destroy or they can speak life. And I know as we dive into this topic today, one of the things that is super painful for my family are, um, yeah, maybe careless words that people don't realize are careless, Mm -hmm. um, that they speak over us that are so hurtful and um, they do wound and they do hurt us. And so I think as, you know, just to know about your families, they're not, they're not bulletproof. Um, Yeah. How can you speak kind words over them, loving words? And sometimes they need to hear those more than um, anything because they are going through struggles. So, yes. And then I don't know if you've had this experience too, but on the flip side of that, I think sometimes people, um, they don't, uh, I, I mean, I've had this experience where they have you so high on a pedestal. They'll, I try when I meet new people, I don't tell them that I'm married to Kevin. I just mm-hmm. introduce myself. Hi, I'm Cynthia. And then they'll say, how long have you been coming? And say, oh, a while, you know, I don't divulge all that. And then someone will come up and say, and join the group and say, oh, you've met our pastor's wife. This is Cynthia. And then they go, oh my God, oh, I'm sorry for this. And then, you know, and I'm like, yes, please just be yourself. Right. And so just knowing and understanding um, that we are real people like everybody else and yes. no church is perfect. No pastor is perfect. And certainly yes. the people aren't perfect. And so tell us a little bit about your story of uh, church, church hurt and church betrayal. What happened? Um, so yes. Um, such a hard topic to talk about because um I don't think we're ever done. We're always works in progress. So how I share my story today will be different than how I share it from 10 years. I know that a lot of times perception kind of gives us, you know, more perspective later on or whatever. But um, something that happened in in recent years is um, we had two churches, uh, my, our church and another church merge in town. And so it's like putting together blended family. And I remember my husband talking with our Um, congregation before the merge and just talking about it's going to be like a blended family where it's going to be hard for the siblings and one family is going to celebrate Christmas and one, you know, family will celebrate Hanukkah and how do we bring those traditions together or, you know, whatever it looks like, anything's right, where you're looking around going, well, we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. And just really encouraging everyone to embrace that, that we need to find the commonalities um, but as we, uh, as the merge kind of happened, people were still people. And I think they, they saw so much, um, so much change and it was hard to know what to do with the change and how to voice the change. And so a lot of those arrows, um, were pointed at the directions of the leaders and the way things were worded and said and done was out of their pain, right? Because people who are in pain, often respond in pain and they say things that are very hurtful and maybe they don't realize it 
or they look and they assume that you've done something to them on purpose to hurt them. Right. And so um, it was, I, I, I think it was just, you look at a situation where there's church hurt and betrayal and, and people are going at each other and you're thinking, wow, this is the work of the enemy. He's obviously digging mm -hmm. his claws into yes. our congregation, not wanting this to work. And we become victims of his, of his lies. And, and we start to believe things about the other side that, oh, they must have meant this. Oh, they must have meant that. But Jesus was very clear in Ephesians, uh, not Ephesians, but Matthew 5, when he said, don't let your quote unquote enemies there. He was talking about people, you know, that you're in conflict with. Don't let them bring out the worst and you let them bring out the best. But unfortunately it kind of brought out the mm. worst in a lot of us and how we treated each other. And many people were hurt by that, including my family, but not only my family, many people in the congregation. Um, so that was a lot of the storm. And how do you, how do you get through that? Um, it's been the journey for the last three years. So let me ask you, how did you get through that? How did you stay anchored in that storm? <laughs> um, sure. So this is something I had to learn um, in it, because what I've discovered is that every new storm, every new circumstance is a new opportunity for more faith. And, yes. um, I, I, I wanted to retaliate. I thought all the evil thoughts, like, I want to get back at so-and-so. And I had to realize that we're not each other's enemy, mm. but the enemy had convinced everyone we were. And actually we read in Ephesians six, right? That the enemy is not each other. It's, it's, it's Satan, right? And I'm trying to think of the words. It's the spiritual dark. What is that scripture? How does it read? Um, just that the enemy, I wrote it down here so I could share it. Just that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, yes. but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the dark world. And he had convinced us that. So I just had to remember these people are not my enemy. They're not against me. But then also I struggle with anxiety and depression. And we've talked about that. Mm. And so my first reaction was to sit in that and stay in yes. bed all day and just forget it. I, I give up. They win. We lose. They can do whatever they want. I don't care anymore. And, and that was hard. And then I realized, no, <laughs> I can't sit there. So what I had to do is really dive into scripture, but I didn't know what that was going to look like until I started reading in the Psalms and reading how David said over and oh, over, good just kept lamenting about my enemies yes. are against me and here's all these things. And I started to identify like, wow, he has people against him and he has yes. people saying and doing things that are against him. What did he do? And so I just started learning the process of what it means to lament and being able mm. to pour out my heart to God and share my struggles, share what was real, but then also be able to sit and speak the truths of God and his character and um, same as David did. And then he would praise God and he would worship God and he would shift his perspective from that problem back to the author and perfecter of his faith and just sit in God's presence and really not just say the words, but sit and just let God yes. just pour over you. Yes. With yes. So that, That's so I think, good. That's so good. What I had to do. So the process of lamenting. So instead of turning your hurt and the painful words, and like you said, I think one of the things you said, I think is so good for us to remember. And whether you're in leadership or you're a part of a church body that is struggling with each other, there might not have been a blended family merge, but a right. church that would struggle or anything for that matter is to realize 
that those people are not the enemy. Right? right. The struggle you're having in the pain that they are not the enemy. And so instead of turning it on other people, yes. What I hear you say is that you learned a way to process your pain by exploring the idea of what it means to lament. And yes. I love that you went to the Psalms because there is many, many laments in the Psalms of David, right? You hear him say in the beginning, oh God, they're killing me. You know, like they're killing me. What are they, they're speaking behind my back. They're this and they're that. Then you can see the pro the progression of how he works through that to the end of the Psalm where it's almost like he's taken a breath and he's released his anxiety and yes. then he's speaking the truth about God. So yes. talk to us a little bit about practically speaking, like, what does that look like? It, do you have a specific process that you use for this now? <sighs> yes. Um, and it's so funny, as I was thinking about David and the Psalm, it, it almost feels a little bipolar when you read David. And maybe you've heard this about yes. David. Oh, he's so woe is me and so depressed and so sad. And then he goes, but I praise you, Lord. And we think he's yes. bipolar. And it's like, no, no, no. He's not bipolar because you can hold pain and walk through pain and hold the joy of who God is at the same time. And so, um, yeah, that process really is um, addressing God and crying out to him and naming the truths of what your hurt mm. is. This is the specific way I've been wounded and, and not necessarily worry about, okay, I got to think about the, you know, so-and-so is not my enemy. God will help you, but yes. just get out. I, I hate, you know, it could be even as strong as I hate that person right now. I'm so angry. They did this to me. Say all of that. And then in that process, what I have found that happens is as I turn it and I go, but Lord, I trust you in this. Mm. And I start naming things like, I so start good. asking God, show me truth. And sometimes it'll come. The reality is, as you and I know, the more you spend time in scripture, the more truths you'll be able to recall yes. in these times. Yes. So a lot of times lamenting, you have to prepare in advance yes. by storing up so scripture good. in your heart so that when you are in pain, you can draw on that. Because if you don't have that stored in your heart, all you have to draw on is the pain, right? Mm. So um, sitting so in it, good. letting that all out, sometimes I'll write out the lies. And I, or even just write out, I'll journal out the mess and I'll look through the things that I'm claiming. This person did this, this person said this, they meant this, they hurt me. And then I try to think, you know, what is God saying? And I sit with him and just let him bring scripture to me. I listen to worship songs um, and just try to worship through that time. Um, in your book, you mentioned Job and how all these terrible things happen to him. And the first thing he does is he drops to his knees and he worships God. How many times is that my first reaction? Yes, right. But there's power in sitting and worshiping him and, and gratitude. Gratitude is another piece of my process where I thank him in that season for the good things I can see. So an example of our current situation of being in COVID, it's sitting down and, and crying out and going, these are all the losses. Mm. These are all the hurts. This is all yes. my pain about it. But God I love that at night when it rains, I can hear the frogs croaking yes. outside. Lord, there's a cow that lives next door that I have never heard. I love the way he moves. And that can be, yes. sounds silly, but it puts you in a place of God's presence like I've never been before. So, so that's what I'm learning is just to, to just look around me and be in my senses and look at how my older boy takes my younger boy out to skateboard. 
it is warming my heart. I never cared mm. about that stuff before, but when you're in pain and you start looking for those ways that God is showing you beauty all around you, it, it just infuses you and, and heals you. So, so that's good. what, but it's a practice, right? It's yes. not, Oh, you just do this five steps, right? Yes. It's Every day it's falling down, getting back up every day. I'm depressed. Woe is me. Okay, God, <laughs> Yes. let's talk. Speak to me. And like when you said, you know, the storing up in this of the scripture, right? That we have to do that in the times when we're not in a storm, when we're out of yes. the storm, when we're in yes. a peaceful place. And our tendency is to run hard to God when we are in a storm, like, God, help me. I'm desperate. It's kind of like the disciples. Wake up, Jesus, wake up, you know, yes, help yes. us, help us, help us. And then when things are going good, it's not that we forget God, but what, what I, at least what I do sometimes, I know I, I forget that it's during those times when life is at a calmer space. That's a time when I really need to be building up the bulk below the water line, so to speak in a boat, mm -hmm. they call it mm -hmm. the ballast where you build that up, which keeps the boat more steady and anchored in a storm by what you've hmm. built ahead of time. Right. And, it, yes. and that's true for praise and worship too. If we don't praise and worship God when things are okay, it's going to be harder to pull that out when we're having a hard time. So I love, yeah. I love this process of lamenting. I see, you know, getting a fresh journal out, you know, and make it your, call it your lament journal Yeah, and doing these steps that you've talked about, you know, telling God exactly how you feel about the situation, naming those feelings, uh, identifying the lies and then naming the truths and praising him. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that could be a book for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's in process. It's in process. You'd be, <laughs> be watching for Jody Harris and the lament something or other. <laughs> Lamenting in pain. I, I love that. That's so, so great. So how would you then encourage others who have been hurt by the church? I mean, obviously you're not the only one. There's been many, many people um, hurt by the church. And what breaks my heart in that is people who then no longer go to church because they've been hurt by the church. So how would you encourage those that have been deeply wounded by the church? Right. I think first I would go back to what I mentioned about that we're not each other's enemy. Often what I hear people say is, well, that person didn't call me when I was missing for five weeks. Um, or when I was in the hospital, nobody came to visit me or they don't care about me, or when I asked this question, they looked at me funny, surely they don't like me. You know, these are the kinds of sure. things where they've been hurt by someone. And so usually my first um, response is to just talk with them about, okay, so the enemy wants to lie to you, right? And make you think those. It's, it's tricky because you wanna make sure that you, first of all, are empathizing with their pain because their pain is real. Yes. And how it happened to them, it's how it happened to them. Yes. But how can we encourage people to see maybe a wider perspective um, that just that idea that they're not your enemy, that, they, that could it be possible that the enemy Satan is lying to you and actually that person didn't mean to hurt you or they didn't, they didn't know you were in the hospital because yes. no one called them. It, they had no idea. Um, so that's some of it. Like, how can you go back in and then maybe, uh, 
Brene Brown has been my lifeline right now. And she is teaching me how to have those hard conversations when someone hurts you, how to go back to them and say, hey, when you said this or did this, this is how it made me feel. Is that what happened? Yes. And 99% of the time, the person I do that with is like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. Yes. Oh, I had no idea that hurt you. And if we would have the courage to go back and, and do that work of reconciliation with that person, what might've been a tiny thing that, that causes people to say, I'm not going to the church. They're all hypocrites would be life-giving. Like it's a perfect opportunity for God to reveal his power by going back to that person and saying, Hey, this really hurt me. This is what happened. Not sure. You know, could you tell me more about what that meant to you? This is what it did to me. If we would do that. (laughs) Um, And that's what I'm having to continually do right now to work through my own pain of different people that had hurt me. I had to go to each one of them and they Some of them had no idea they'd hurt me, right? But to be able to say, hey, when you said or did this, this is how it made me feel. What, is that what you meant? Most of the time, that's not even what they meant. You know, the hard thing, I mean, I love uh, Brene Brown. She talks about, it's the stories that we make up in our head. Yeah. And I heard her give a talk about what exactly you're talking about in that we, it's the stories we create about what we think happened. It's our version yes. of it. And, and, and unless we bring it to light, that's what we rest on. And then we start to believe that. And then we act yes. on it. So then we stop going to church because we think this yes. person really does dislike us or did really, doesn't really care about us when it, yeah. And it's, it's such a powerful truth and powerful principle to, to go back and, I mean, church hurt is, is a real thing and it's, it's Uh difficult, but the church is, is God's beautiful bride, right? Yes. Yes. And nothing, um, there's nothing that the enemy would like to see more than for people to be hurt by the church. That's why we have to almost move one step ahead and make sure. But sometimes, sometimes even when we do go and confront, there is truth in that. And, and then, you know, we have to just pray and discern. I mean, mm-hmm. Jody, speak into that uh, with me here. Okay. Uh, how do you know then, you know, that this is really not the right place for me if there has, if there isn't possibility of reconciliation on, you know, you've done everything on the you issue. can on the issue, you've done everything right. you can. So, cause right. I can hear, I think I could hear in hear or presume about some listeners here thinking, well, I did that, but things still aren't different. And now what do okay. I do? Am I just supposed to stay at this one church for the rest of my life? Or what, what, oh, what does yeah. God say about this? Right? Like, right. Yeah. There's is, a couple of it. Is Go it ahead. a one size fits all? I mean, help, help me. Out here. <laughs> exactly. It's because there will be times that you will go and you will sit at the table. A lot of times we have to make sure that we are going with the um, intention of really listening and really hearing the other person and not just trying to create our case, but be willing to hear because somewhere between your truth and their truth is the truth. So we have to be listening with the idea of really trying to get to the truth together. Um, And sometimes I've been in conversations where we just can't get there. And it, and and maybe that's what you're speaking on. You go and, and you try to reconcile and you're just not getting to the truth. And so for me, it's, that continual prayer to, okay, do I need to keep going back to that person and try again and again and how often? And I think every situation is different. And that's where it really is learning to sit still and abide in Christ 
um, you know, that word abide is just staying still with him and, and letting him speak to you on those seasons of when it's time to move on out of love. I know moving on from a church out of anger or hurt is never the time mm -hmm. to go. Um, it's, it's very important to make sure that you're working through that because you'll just take that hurt to another church yes. and you'll go there and say, those leaders over there did this, that, and the other, and they're so wrong. And you'll bring that to your next church <laughs> and you will cause dissension there. Right. Yes. So it's, it's bigger than just your hurt. It's an opportunity to heal your heart. And then from there, just seek God with all of it, all of your heart to figure out, do I move on now? Because you're right, there are circumstances where you go, this isn't a good fit. But can you say when you leave, I love that those people as, yes. as my brothers and sisters in Christ, I do wish them well. I sincerely wish them well. And I know they're doing great things. And can you pray for them, right? And yes. But if there's still this angst and blah, that means I still have work to do. Yes, they may have hurt me terribly, but I have the work to do if right. I'm going to be an effective person in his kingdom, because this is kingdom work. We have to be united and they will know we're Christians by our love. Yes. yes, we can disagree. Yes, we can go to different churches as long as we love and have unity with each other. So I don't know if that helps. That's yes. my process. No, I but think that's right. great. So I think different for everybody, right? So and going back to the, the lament, I'm just going to call it the lament journal. <laughs> you know, going back to your <laughs> lament good. journal and knowing whether or not you've worked it out. Because I think... You know, I think it, at the end of the day, I think most people aren't intentional about hurting you and hurting me. Sure. There's misunderstanding that happens. And again, we know that the enemy is, wants to destroy the church. He hates, yes. he hates us and he hates yes. God. And so if he can get us, you know, eating at each other and fighting, then it takes away from the message of the gospel of Yes. doing what God's called us to do. So that is so, so really good. Mm -hmm. So why do you think then God allows these kinds of storms in our lives? Like I've had a lot of time to think about this one, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> what's the purpose of that? I know. So I kind of was trying to think through like, you know, what are the main ones? And I hit on um, three specific ones. And the first one is that I just think that in John 9, we have, um, it's, it's the man born blind and the disciples bring him to Jesus and say, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus' response is that, you know, neither this man nor his parents sinned. It happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. And so I am starting to see that God allows storms in our lives so that his power can be displayed for his glory. It's mm. not about us. Sometimes yes. I have to go, this isn't about me. This is about an opportunity for me to allow God to work in my life in a way that others can see a testimony and yes. be drawn to him. So when somebody comes at me and I'm like, oh, they hurt me so bad, I can make it all about me and look at how they hurt mm -hmm. me. Or I can say, how can I turn this so the kingdom of God is glorified and people are drawn to him? Mm -hmm. So that's first, just that shift in perspective yes. of realizing it's about God and his power and what he will do. And we all know we have that thorn in our flesh, like Paul, where he prays, God, take it away. And it's like, nope, my glory's made perfect in your weakness. So that's the first one. Um, and the second one is just, um, it's an opportunity to transform us, which is kind of, you know, that same yes. line. And, I, and I, I even wrote down a quote from your book, because I love the way you said it, that our storm is not to destroy us, but to develop us. 
Mm. But I love that so much because we often want to turn away from God and think he hates us or he's mad at us or punishing us. It's like, no, it's actually going to transform you into the likeness of Christ. Um, have you read Mark Batterson, Whisper, that book? I haven't um, read another one. that particular Whisper. one. So he says, sometimes the circumstances we're trying to change are the very circumstances God is using to change us, Ooh, right? But we so want to, you know, just, we want to run out of the pain and God's going, no, I, I don't change your circumstances. Ask, how can I, you know, what are you doing, God? What do you want to change in me yes. by allowing this to happen? So that's that second one is that he uses it to transform us. And this one I love, the last one is just that our pain is our passion. It reveals our passion which is the, first of all, the word passion in Latin means suffering, right? So if passion means suffering, it, when we go through something traumatic or painful, it creates an, an empathy in us where we want to then help others through that situation. We have a passion to go and help others. And so I know a lot of my passions for mentoring younger generations and speaking out on anxiety and depression and speaking out on women and leadership or because there's been pain in my life in yes. those areas. So lead bold that conference started because as a woman in um, the Christian world culture, um, leadership is a hard spot. As you yes. know, there are people who think women should not lead in certain ways and it just is very hard to navigate what God is sure. asking of you or even speak. <laughs> Yes, like right? speak on Are a platform. Yes, 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 yes. Right. And so that was born out of a place where it was, man, I, I, I see women attempting to lead where they're allowed, quote unquote, to lead in their denomination, but no one has equipped them because we don't equip women. We just, yes. you know, they're not the ones that are allowed to go to these leader meetings and get equipped and be poured into. They're just, that was my experience, my pain. And so now I don't want any other woman to hmm. go through that. So I've created a space where I want women to be equipped and, yes, and encouraged so and to good. walk in their gifts. So good. So pain reveals our passion. Yes. <laughs> Storms reveal, you know, what we're going to be passionate to do for the kingdom. Yes. That's so, so good, Jody. Oh, can you tell she's a Bible teacher? <laughs> so good. So good. Very practical and just life giving. And uh, I just love it. Thank you so much for for sharing that. So I want to talk about transition here. So I like to ask my guests, what's something fun about you that most people may not know? Here she is, this Bible teacher, speaker, writer, pastor's wife, leader. And what's something about you that we just don't know? Um, okay. So I, I love sweets, but like, not just like regular have a cupcake at dinner. So um, for, for Mother's Day, I just asked for pie, and we're not talking one pie. I asked for five specific kinds <laughs> because okay. I didn't choose, and I decided that I was going to eat those pies, oh and my. I didn't, I think oh, four Jody, days. I love it. But I didn't, and I, I didn't get it. sick. <laughs> so what were the five different kinds? <laughs> so I had chocolate cream, banana cream, peaches and cream, coconut cream, and then I love when you get like a good blackberry pie, any kind of berry, yeah. and you heat it up, and you put vanilla ice cream. But the ratio, right, of how much ice cream, how much pie. So I sit there and it's like, I'll eat a little pie and the ice cream runs out and I have to go get more ice cream. And my husband's like, what, 
why don't you just eat the pie? I'm like, you can't, it won't be right. The ratio oh, has to be right. It's so funny. So Girl, yeah. Pie it, snob. I can you know, uh, hear the well, word cream, banana cream, chocolate cream, coconut cream. <laughs> I love this. It's a little silly, but that's uh, something. No. And I don't know. You know, it's like I have to hide in a corner to eat my stash because it's a lot. <laughs> Well, and with you have all boys there and a husband. Yes. Just dives into it. I know I, I well, have see. Yeah, but pie, no one likes it. That's okay. the reason. See. Yeah. I have to hide things for my husband. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, but some things that I know he doesn't like, um, which I'm trying to think what he does. What do I keep from him? I can keep out in the open. I have to think about that. There's <laughs> not a whole lot. <laughs> Just like <laughs> kale, you know? <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, chocolate kale or something. Oh, that's too funny. Here's another fun fact about Jody. I love this when she sent this in to me. When she was in her 20s, she was in a chick band and she wrote her own, they wrote their own music and they traveled to churches and retreats to perform and they made CDs. How fun is that? Yes, it was. It was a blast. It was so fun. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> loved singing, loved performing, loved making CDs. We felt like rock stars. <laughs> that is so fun. I love it. It is yeah. things that crawl out of the woodwork. So one more question for you. So when you're in the middle of a storm, and I, I like to ask my guests this, and you're so, you know, you're just in such pain and life, you know, everything is so serious. It's like you're Eeyore on steroids, right? Yeah, Nothing, yeah. you know, and Tigger's coming along saying, come on, Eeyore, let's go play poo sticks or whatever. And he's like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do this. And so what do you do to keep lighthearted or not take yourself so seriously when you're really in a storm? What do you do? Sure, sure. Um, I know, yeah, self-care. Um, that can be tricky because I want to eat pie. So I try not to do that because it has a negative consequence. <laughs> but, um, what I love to do is, uh, I have a spa bath that was a big deal to build into the house when we moved here. So I, I love to do that. You know, just, I'm going to go relax in the tub and read a good book. That's sometimes yes. what I do. But as far as lighthearted, it's just, you know, you have to pick and choose you know how some friends you just have to go which friend yes. <laughs> is going to be able to go and 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 do something fun go out for coffee and just laugh yeah and so it's the key to this is to not isolate and how hard is that right now right but I think what I've learned is zoom can be our friend right yes. if that's a thing or social distancing where you you can see someone and isolation is the killer. And so just make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who will pull you out and draw you out and, and recognize when you're isolating. So yes. I know that that's a trigger and that I have to care for myself by getting out. And uh, I love to ride a bike, which is that's so good. great. That gets awesome. me. Yes, that's stuff. good. Well, just, and even having people in your life that you know will make you laugh Yes. Right. It's not like they're uh -huh. have, it's just, they make you laugh, you know, they're just their perspective right. on life and they make you, they make you laugh and having, making sure that you're pulling those people in, in times when you're in pain. Otherwise we can drown in the sorrow, in the lament. Right. Yes. And we don't, and I don't think God intends for us to, I mean, there's seasons no. and moments, but I think, you know, most storms, um, 
don't go away overnight. They're not like, (laughs) they're not like squalls or three day storms off the Pacific or the Atlantic where then, then you're on a sunny beach. Many of life's storms go on for a number of days and weeks, months, sometimes Mm -hmm. even years. And so it's really important to build that self-care in and know what it takes to bring you out of that state so that you don't lose your, I guess the point I'm getting at is so we don't lose our joy, right? Yes. Right. We can lose our joy. And then we're just like a downer to be around. (laughs) Which is why I think the end of the lament is always that praise and gratitude, because if I can just take when I'm in that space and name gifts that God has given me, that brings out joy. Yes. And and sometimes it's going out and jumping on the skateboard with my kids. How crazy is that? And I love it. And they're like, oh, you're a skater? That's another thing people don't know about me. I was a skater as a kid, yes. right? Wow. Tricks with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, my mom's a skater. <laughs> but playing. Yeah. Yeah, really sure. Is. Playing. Just appreciating and, and yeah, being grateful in those times, like seeking out the things that are good. Cause yeah, we can't say that season is just all bad. There's good. That's right. How can we seek that out? Absolutely. So you have a, have been a part of a compilation book, devotional book called she writes for him stories of resilient faith. And so how do people find that and how do they find you? And we're also going to give away a copy of the She Writes for Him Stories yes. of Resilient Faith. Jody's offering that. And so if you um, take a picture of the podcast, tag on Instagram, um, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and put something in the comments, then tag your friends, three friends, and we'll put you in a drawing and for that book and we'll send it out to you. Yes. Okay. So yeah, and you can find it if you go to my website, which is just Jody Harris just as part of the word, just jodyharris.com. And you go to books. If you want to order it on my website, I can send you a signed copy. So you can do that, but you can also find it on Amazon, I believe. But I think they're sold out right now, Cynthia. When it I went on Amazon. They'll yeah, get, I tried to get more in stock. But yeah, they, but then also Redemption Press website, right? Has yes. it available, so, Redemption Press? Yeah, redemption-press.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get it there as well. And I believe there's a Kindle version there available too. Yes, I think I saw. there is. Yes, there yep. is. And tell us the name of your chapter. Okay. So I have two chapters and one is called, I changed my mind. Um, I can't remember <laughs> the chapter, the chapter um, numbers. And the That's other okay. one is called, and the other one is called getting real to heal. Yes. They so can look at the my table contact. Yes, see your exactly. Name and find it. Exactly. So. Exactly. It's a great, great, great book, great gift book. So, well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story. And I'm sure there's some leaders and pastor's wives out there. Hope that's been encouraging to them as they've listened to your story and how you've navigated through that. And I love that very practical takeaway of the lament. I think I'm going to pull out one of my unused journals and label that (laughs) the lament process journal that's really good that's excellent yeah i'm excited to have shared that yeah well thanks so much again and i will look my virtual friend i will look forward to seeing you in person someday gotta happen (laughs) because we're too much alike (laughs) gotta happen i know i know it's scary but thanks again all right welcome okay (laughs) 
Wasn't Jodi great? I just love her. I think she is so balanced and has such wisdom on this particular topic. You know, when church hurts, when people, you know, betray us, when we have a hard time and it happens in the context of our community. And the one thing we have to remember is that the church is God's design. That is God's design. And we also have to remember that the church is made up of people. And people are human beings, and we all make mistakes, and we all step on each other at times. And sometimes we hurt others very deeply, or we get hurt in the church very, very deeply. And so I think Jody just brought us a great perspective today that helps us to really remember that the people are not our enemies, right? And Satan would love to get in there and stir things up and cause us to just be so divided from each other and that we need to remember that to love each other, forgive each other, and try to move on as best we can, right, when we have been hurt. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It can be very difficult. But the most important thing is to remember that, you know, we don't want to give up on the church, we because, but we have to remember that it's people that make up the church and that we still need the church and we need each other. So we're going to move on now into our anchor coaching time, which we do every week. And I wanted to stay in alignment with this topic because I think it's really important. And so I reached out to my Facebook group and told them we were going to be talking about this and asked for some questions. And one of the questions that came in, which I think is a great question, and this is what it says, do you stay at a church when you've been hurt by a person attending regularly, or do you leave and start all over so you don't have to keep running into them? This is a great question because it is really easy to want to just escape. You know, some of us are avoiders when it comes to conflict. And I know at times, you know, when we somebody's hurt us and we see somebody, we're like, oh, we just kind of go the other way or we don't smile or we just avoid them. And so this is a great question, like, what do we do? And I think this is a very individual, I don't think there's a one size fits all for this. So I'm not going to give you a silver bullet answer for this question, because I think it is very, very individual. And it depends on the circumstances, it depends on a number of things, it depends on whether the disagreement or the hurt was able to be resolved or reconciled and just all the dynamics of that are really, you know, play into it. So here's what I would say about this question. I would say that, you know, first of all, God calls us to forgive, right? No matter if it gets resolved or not, if we've been hurt deeply and, you know, if there is mutual resolve and giving a forgiveness and working it out, that's great. But off, I think what this person means in asking this question is, is possibly when it's not resolved, then how do you keep, you know, going to the same church and bumping in and pretending like everything's okay, or just avoiding the person altogether? So here's what I would say. I would say, first of all, and this is going to sound really simplistic, but first of all, of course, we need to pray about it. We need to ask God, God, what do I need to do in this situation? Am I being, you know, too sensitive in this situation? Or 
how do I how do I deal with this how do I how do I resolve this how do I go on Sunday morning and knowing that I might see this person and how am I going to react and so first of all we need to pray and ask God for his wisdom and his guidance and ask him first of all have we forgiven are we able to pray for that person are we able to bless them even if they have not recognized how deeply they've hurt us and ask God that you know there are times though I will say where God will use a series of circumstances to move you on to a different place but I think you have to be careful about that because if we're not careful to actually ask God what he wants us to do and we make that decision on our own you know we might encounter the exact same situation different circumstances at the next church it might even be a pattern (laughs) you know we get hurt and God wants to teach us something in that and so I would say to stay at your church until God releases you stay there until you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is saying it's okay to leave and go to another place because I think that's really really important there's a lot of things we can learn from sticking it out so to speak and and I'm not saying like if if there's been some gross you know spiritual abuse that's a whole different story if there's been you know leadership and others that have used their uh, personal power and leadership to hurt people in um, and for their own agenda that's that's a whole different story and that's a you know that's a whole other episode in itself but I would say that if it's something that has been, you know, there's been hurt involved between people and you just need to, I think you just, we need to pray and ask God, when is the right time to be released from that? And if you don't hear that, then you just stay until God releases you. Now, being on the other side of it, you know, my husband and I have been in full-time ministry for decades. We've seen a little bit of everything. I've seen people leave the church because of things that I've done, not intentionally. And it's tragic, it's heartbreaking to have people leave because of something you've done. And I've seen the other side of it too. I've, you know, I've been hurt at times by the church. I've been hurt by people, but I can't leave, right? My husband's the pastor, I can't leave. And so, you know, we've seen all kinds of things. Uh, I've seen people be hurt by other people. I've seen people leave right away. I've seen people stay for a while and try to stick it out and try to lean in, but just realize that they need to move on and I've seen everything in between. But I really think it, it has to be directed by God's Spirit to you, speaking to you, and that you know, you know in your heart that you can be released. So in the meantime, What do you do when you bump into that person? I mean, you might bump into them somewhere else, at the mall, at the grocery store, at a school event. So what are you going to do? Just stay hiding in your home? No, I believe that if we truly have forgiven someone, that we will be able to, you know, you don't have to have an hour, 15-minute, you know, or five-minute conversation with them, but we can be polite, right, if you do see them and acknowledge their presence. It's hard. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but I know that God can give us the grace when we start praying for someone who has hurt us. He will give us the grace in the moment to be able to deal with that. And we, we ask him that we bring him our fear. God, what if we run into this person? What do I do? 
and he will tell you. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do. I believe that with all of my heart. So we will have more anchor coaching questions next time. So be sure to email me. You can email me at Cynthia at CynthiaCavanaugh.com. I'd love to have your questions to have on the show. And we will address another question next week. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time, remember, you are not alone. God is for you and you will get through this.